So the first guest I had on the podcast was Liana Giampetti, who I said was my lifelong friend, the longest standing friendship in my life. And I would say the second longest standing friendship wow. in my life is this kid, Kevin Bynan, Wow! who I met on the first day of kindergarten, Kevin B, as you were known back then, because there were two Kevins in the class. And honestly, KB, from that point on, we were like best friends in fourth and fifth grade. We were inseparable and we stayed great friends all throughout middle school and high school. We ultimately went, went to different schools in middle school and kind of um, got off into different friend groups and whatnot. But what I always appreciated about our friendship was that um, we like always respected each other and always like found our way to each other in the sense that like we would still get together for Sundays to watch football or to play football, uh, to go to Wild Wings, to play poker. And then at every Shen hockey or football or basketball game, we would somehow, at, we would have to spend a quarter in the stands next to each other for something because it was some type of superstition that we had. So KB, it's, uh, it's good talking to you. It's good to see you again. What's up? Troy, long time no talk, man. It's been a really long time. It's uh, always good to hear from you. Um, Likewise, I mean, I have so many memories of us just growing up playing football in between the hedges in your backyard. Yes, some, really good, some really good times. Um, hope all is well with you. Um, really excited for this. Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. So I actually wanted to start with the last time that we saw each other, which by my calculations was December of 2017. And that sounds right. I don't think I've ever had a night go. <laughs> I've I've never gone into a night and had the result of it just be completely nothing like I expected to be like this night happened. So let me let me run down what happened. So I live in Connecticut and the big thing here, the big sports team is the Yukon women, the basketball team. And they play at Mohegan Sun, which is this amazing casino in Connecticut that a lot of people come to. So they played at Mohegan Sun. I was going there with a friend from work. And so I'm waiting in line uh, to get a ticket. And then I see my ex-girlfriend, Madison Stanley. <laughs> and I see her. And then I, I see her face. And then I see the person that she's standing across from. I'm like, oh, my God, is that Kevin Bynan? He's in Oklahoma, I thought. And here you are. So this is like a December. So maybe you were home from, uh, from school for break. And I see you guys, and I go up to you. I'm like, oh, my God, what are you guys doing here, Madison and KB, these two long-lost friends? And so you guys are like, oh, we're here for a game. Madison's friend was there, too. Um, they had gotten free – you guys had gotten free tickets to the game, and also you were hanging out that night in the casino, somehow had a hotel room, too, for free on this friend's dime. And you're like, hey, why don't you just come and hang out with us after the game, and we'll have a good time? I'm like – you know what? Fuck it. Let's do it. <laughs> so after the game, we meet up, gamble a little bit, walk around the casino, have some beers, stay out until like 3 a.m., just perusing the casino. And uh, then, like old times, we just end up sleeping in the same bed like it was fifth grade all over again. Unbelievable. That, I will never forget that look on your face when I was getting that ticket at, at uh, Mohegan Sun. Uh, OU was playing Connecticut and right. that's how we that's how me and Madison you know we always like to bicker Madison and I at each other about stuff like that so we wanted to go to the game happened to run into you and had a fantastic <laughs> night from what I remember it was wild yeah it was a really good time um, so that was the last time we saw each other so I'm glad to be talking to you now uh, the first thing I want to talk about here is I remember as far back as fifth grade 
I mean, Oklahoma has always been a huge part of your life. You're wearing an Oklahoma hat right now as we're talking. It was always kind of destiny, inevitable, that you were going to go there for college. It always felt that way. So I'm wondering, how did your experience at Oklahoma match up with the expectations that you had had for it your entire life? It's a really good question, actually. Um, I would say my freshman year was definitely the hardest year. I mean, I went there knowing absolutely no one. Um, I kind of knew this one guy through some various friends in upstate. Um, it was really hard in the beginning. Uh, it, I was finding myself not wanting to, you know, go socialize on the dorm floor, just kind of wanting to stay in, missing, seeing all my friends um, from Shen meeting up at their various colleges throughout New York or Massachusetts, things like that. So um, it definitely, I regretted it a lot. I would say the fall semester, Um, obviously football was going on though. So that was my number one concern was that I finally was able to, you know, live my dream as when I was that age, you know, I wanted to go to OU. I wanted to go to every single football game. I wanted, you know, the Sooners to win a national championship when I was there. Uh, so I would say my expectations freshman year were uh, they did not exceed or my, the real what actually happened did not, um, you know, what I expected it to happen, I guess I would say. But as the longer I stayed, um, you know, it was off the charts. It was more than I ever could imagine. I, I met some of the coolest people, had some of the best times. Um, I'm so glad I kind of picked up my life and moved it, you know halfway across the country. I, I cannot believe how much fun I had at OU. Um, I hope someday my kids will go there. Hopefully I can pass on the tradition like my dad did to me. Um, but yeah, it was really hard at first. I really had to, you know, make sure to uh, meet as many people as I could, you know, not just stay in and, you know, be sad because I miss my high school friends and things like that. Did you ever consider leaving? Yeah, I was pretty close to uh, transferring after my fall semester, uh, freshman year. I was, I was thinking about it pretty – I was almost there, I would say, uh, probably 80% of the way there. Um, my mom was like, you know, just go back in the spring, and if you don't like spring, um, then we can talk about it this summer. And luckily she said that um, because, you know, who knows where I'd be right now. But I'm really glad I stayed, and I had, I had a fantastic time. So something that I want to talk to you about is that, um, so at my company is a national company and there's a lot of football fans there and they're from all over the country. And when I tell them that I don't really like college football, they're like, dude, what are you, what are you talking about? You can't be a sports fan and not like college football. I'm like, well, you know, I'm from the Northeast, Syracuse, Boston college. Those are the closest teams. High school college football is pretty trash around where we're from. It's just not a part of our our lives. It's like you played lacrosse. That was huge. Basketball, I played. That was huge. Baseball as well, but not in our part of the country. But in Oklahoma, I understand it is a completely different world. So can you describe to us Northeasterners who haven't experienced what you have, how important football is to the region? I mean, it's uh, life or death pretty much. (laughs) Not, not Not like that, obviously, but... Pretty much it's, you know, when you win on Saturday, uh, it makes the whole week. Every radio station in Oklahoma is talking about the Sooners or the OSU Cowboys. No one's really talking about, I mean, you'll get some Dallas Cowboys talk, but no one's really talking about the NFL. Um, The stadium, OU Stadium fits about 90,000 people. So, and the camp, OU's campus is actually surprisingly not that big. 
Um, so imagine it's cramming 90,000, 100,000 people in this little small town that, you know, probably wouldn't even be a town without the school there. That's a lot like what the universities in the South are, I would say. They're in these little small college towns. But um, when you have a, a really good football program and a lot of money that goes to that program, um, it kind of forms this whole thing that Saturdays are, are like NFL Sundays, I, I would probably compare them to. Um, you know, when, when my freshman year, when uh, they, I think they lost three or four games, you know, you could really feel it around campus that people weren't like as happy as they were compared to my senior year when we went to the college football playoff. It really, um, it really has a, a major impact. And even enrollment wise, I mean, OU's enrollment numbers since Lincoln Riley has gotten there. I don't have the actual stats on me, but the school is increasing in size because I partially because their football program is doing so much better. So it's, it's things like that. I mean, it, it really is like a religion down there, like they say. What's your favorite memory from OU? Oh, unfortunately, it's, it's not a happy memory. Um, <laughs> my senior year, we played Georgia in the college football semifinals. We went to double overtime. I was actually watching it at Ravenswood in Clifton Park. Um, so that was a whole another experience, screaming at the TV in double overtime. Why were you there? That, so the playoff was in December, so I was home for Christmas break. So, I, I figured you being diehard, you would have been there no matter what. Well, that's the thing. Tickets were very expensive. It was at the Rose Bowl in LA. I, I couldn't, couldn't get a ticket and things like that. So I went home and I actually watched it at Ravens with a whole bunch of people. Um, it was one of the best football games I've ever seen. OU was up, I think, 14. Georgia just comes back on OU's defense. Uh, double overtime game. Unfortunately, we lost, but like I said, the pageantry of the Rose Bowl, I actually had some friends that went there. They said it was unbelievable. That was probably one of my, one of my favorite football memories from OU, for sure. Can I tell you what my favorite memory of your time at Oklahoma is? Let's hear it. The Saturday morning Snapchats. Can you do it for me? You know what I'm talking about? I don't, I don't want to break uh, the, your microphone Go or for your it. headset. Uh, I, for the people that are listening, I don't know. Uh, I would wake up at uh, my fraternity house at about 5 a.m. Let's say the game's at 2.30. I'd wake up at about 5 a.m. just screaming, wake up, it's game day! Just blaring music. All these guys would just come out so mad at me. But, um, you know, I, would do, I did that for probably three years in a row. Every single Saturday morning, waking up at 5, 6 a.m. I think my earliest was like 4.30 a.m. We had a home game against Ohio State. Biggest game I, when I was there, biggest home game. Uh, they shut that one down. They said, dude, let us sleep for another hour, <laughs> an hour and a half, and then you can wake us up for Ohio State. Um, so that was a tradition that I had. Um, and I didn't think anyone really liked it, but after I stopped doing it, you know, a couple of years, everyone, I, I got to catch up with a few of the younger guys and they're like, dude, we, all, we miss that wake up. Like sometimes we, you know, we don't have enough time for the game and things like that. So yeah, that's, I do. Uh, I have some Snapchat memories on my phone of, of me filming myself and I cringe when I look at them now, but you know, it was always a great time. Yes. Yeah, you got to send me one of those. Cause it's kind of tattooed in my brain. I can hear it. Uh, last thing on, on Oklahoma, just going back on the Saturdays, just take me through like a typical game day. Cause I know it's an all day affair long before the game starts and after the game. Uh, so <clears throat> let's think. 
the games, let's say the game's at like 2.30 or so. So I wake up usually at 5 or 6, do the wake-up call, go get breakfast at a, just a local place, get back um, probably around 8, uh, start consuming some alcohol pretty quickly thereafter. Um, we go to a couple tailgates, we bounce around. So, I mean, the whole campus is, is these just taped-off tailgates. People camp out overnight. So they get, they reserve a spot. I mean, I've talked to people that have had their spots, you know, for 30 years straight, they've had the same exact tailgating spots. So whether it be going to the fraternity tailgate or just say, Hey, you know, you you can, you could bounce around and just talk to people you've never met and they'll offer you a beer or food and things like that. About a half an hour before the game, we head in, try to get a good seat, um, watch the game. Then we go to the bars uh, in town after the game, win or lose. You still got to have some fun, uh, get some food, just hang out. And it really is an all-day affair. I mean, I would leave the house probably around, that's, if the game was at 2.30, probably around 8 or 9. I want to get home till 2 a.m. probably because you'd just be out just hanging around, hanging out with everyone, especially after a win. You know, it's a lot, a lot more fun after a win. Um, but. I really wish you could have came down for one, man. And maybe yeah. we can meet up sometime I've, soon. I've never, I've not, actually never even been to a college football game of, of any kind at any level. I mean, I've been to you all many football games. That doesn't really count. Um, so kind of going chronologically here, I want to go. So at this point, you would be back. This is a summer when your birthday is late June. What was it? Kev's 21st B-Day bash? Is that what it was officially called? I think I was so. invited. I'm not mad. I get it. But what was that night like? Because I know it was some wild affair and there were so many plans and buses involved. But like, what was it? What went down? You're, you're making me out to be to be the party guy of the podcast, I guess, huh? Um, so Kev's 21st bash. That was uh, a party bus to the town just north of us, Saratoga. Um, you know, we had a big pregame before. Uh, took this huge, it was just a yellow school bus. And it had the seats. It was just normal seats, like two by two, like what we used to sit to, like what we used to sit in, and um, just like a built-in stereo system or whatever that had an aux cord. So we took that up to Saratoga. Just had an unbelievable night and just bar hop and things like that. And actually, the thing I mo- I remember most about that is "Lips of an Angel" by Hinder was played probably about ten times on the bus. And I, ha- I have another Snapchat memory of me just dripping in sweat, just so drunk, screaming lips of an angel. So that was, that was my one great memory from that night. We had a lot of fun. We were all wore matching T-shirts, things like that. It was a good time. That's awesome. Uh, and I don't mean to paint you as this, this party guy, but this does <laughs> kind of set up my question. You've always, <clears throat> you've always been a dude who likes to have fun. You, you have been that for as long as I know you. Um, however, you have never at least from my viewpoint, you've never let it get the best of you. You've never let it uh, overtake your responsibilities. You've never lost sight of your priorities. So how do you balance, you know, having fun and having fun in life because that's, you know, what life's all about and then managing your priorities? So I actually think this is like a great thing to talk about for like kids that have newly graduated from college that are like working their first job or second job, something like that. Um, I stick to Friday and Saturday night is my nights to have fun. Uh, the rest of the week, I'm, I'm pretty much dead sober. I try, uh, don't like to eat out because that involves, you know, maybe getting a beer or two and then that can roll over. So I think sticking to a pretty strict schedule during the week has helped me kind of 
control my my fun side on the mm-hmm. week um and just you know understanding that you know you can't always be partying or having fun when it's uh when you're an adult you know you have to do i mean in college it's a little bit different but um graduating college you kind of have to look at yourself in the mirror and you know grow up a little bit and say hey you know i still can have fun but it has to be a little bit more responsibly and probably only on the weekends because next thing you know you have a drink Tuesday night and then Wednesday night and then you know you're late to work a couple times and it kind of is a snowballing effect I have some people that I know from OU that have kind of gone down that road and you know I, I kind of pride myself on sticking to that schedule and just making sure um, you know checking myself you know every, once every other week and making sure that I'm you know being responsible during the week and things like that so I think that's the number one thing for me is just sticking to that schedule for sure yeah I um, <clears throat> I totally agree with everything you just said I think a lot of people, a lot of, you know, men, especially kind of that have this great college experience, they don't graduate from that. They graduate from school, but they always try to reclaim that glory. Or if they're, right. they're in a frat, they, you know, pretend like they're a frat boy for the next 10 years of their life and they never grow out of that. So a lot of respect to you for that. Now I want to talk about what you're, what you're up to now. So you were in Oklahoma, you were now in Texas. Um, why did you leave Oklahoma? So I was in the oil and gas industry in Oklahoma. That was my first job. I was working as a landman, which essentially does a whole bunch of things on the business side of oil and gas. Um, and I really, I didn't know if I wanted to do that for the rest of my life. Um, many people back home may not know this, uh, but the oil and gas industry is very up and down. I mean, when it's up, you're making a lot of money. But when, you're de- when it's down, you know, a lot of people I knew in that industry got fired and still currently don't have a job from the turndown that kind of happened a little bit before uh coronavirus so you know i kind of was thinking to myself i don't know if i want to do that for the rest of my life um i lived in oklahoma city i actually liked it decently it was not it wasn't a too terribly big city um it was there's still things to do go to the thunder games things like that Um, but I knew that oil and gas probably wasn't for me. I didn't want to have to look for a job every three or five years or even be out of work for two years, things like that. So that was probably the main reason. Um, I kind of wanted to branch out and, you know, learn something new. Uh, My girlfriend also lived in Dallas, so we were doing long distance for a while and that wasn't a huge fan of that. So that's, those are pretty much the two reasons why I kind of moved to Dallas, which is where I am now. Um, Love it so far. It's, bigger city than Oklahoma city. There's plenty more to do. Um, it's been, it's been really enjoyable. Uh, I kind of moved here when coronavirus hit, so that's been a struggle, but, um, it's been, it's been pretty good so far. Yeah. So what is life like there right now? Like, so Texas doesn't have the most strict restrictions, I would say, (laughs) um, (laughs) as you would imagine. Um, I think restaurants are now open to like 75% capacity, I try not to, we try to eat outside, like me and my friends and girlfriend and things like that, just to, you know, play it a little more safe. Um, So I would say it's actually pretty open right now. Excuse me. In the months of uh, March and April, it was pretty, pretty locked down. I would say we could, we didn't go to eat. We didn't really do much. We kind of just hung out, hung inside, went on walks, things like that. Um, But right now I'd say it's pretty much back to normal other than you, you should and in almost every spot have to wear a mask when you're inside. I saw a tweet the other day from 
you know, uh, an old friend that we both know, Emily Schellenbeck, she said something about basically the, the crux of the tweet was um, it's so harder to make friends, like really good friends after college. And so, you know, you were in Oklahoma for a bit in the, in the professional world. Now you're in Texas. You've always been a very likable guy. People kind of gravitate toward you. But how do you go about making friends in a, in a post-college world in a new place? That's actually a really hard question. Uh, luckily, Dallas is only three, eight, three hours from Norman, which is where OU is. So a lot of people actually migrate to Dallas from OU. Um, but I would say just, um, you know, whether it be coworkers or joining an intramural basketball team or some, I try to say, try to find some sort of hobby outside of work and join a club or, you know, do something like that. But luckily, I it's not a, I'm not really the greatest person to ask because I have so many people from OU that live in Dallas or Houston, which is only like a three hour car ride. Um, but I would try to say, you know, force yourself to go do something instead of sitting inside. I find myself, if I were to move to say like Chicago where I didn't really know anyone, that's probably what I would do. Just taking from what I learned um, my freshman year at OU, just, you know, staying inside is not necessarily the greatest thing. So maybe saying yes to people you at work that you don't really like, but maybe going to see it and then meeting their friends and kind of stuff like that. I yeah. guess that'd be the best advice I have. I agree. I, I am always a big proponent of getting outside of your comfort zone, of right. doing things that maybe you haven't done before. I'm a big fan of new experiences. I just always believe, you know, that by putting yourself in uncomfortable situations or by putting yourself around people that you might not, it might not be your first preference to hang around that you can ultimately learn something, maybe right. find something new about uh, out about yourself that you didn't know. So uh, fully with you there. Your family uh, is, is all scattered about. So you are in Dallas, your brother's in New York City, and your two older sisters, you are the youngest child of four, your two older sisters um, are in North Carolina now, also with your parents. What is right. it like being apart from your family and when everyone's so scattered? So I hate to keep bringing back, uh, bringing back up OU, but I've pretty much been away from my family since OU, which was seven years ago now. Um, so it's been, I'm kind of used God, to it now. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's hard to believe. Six or seven. I, I forget the math. Um, but it's been, it's been quite some time. I would say FaceTime is the, is the biggest helpful thing that I do. I try to FaceTime my mom my sisters and brother probably once a week just to even if it's a five minute conversation just to catch up um because that really the face-to-face -face, i think really helps me and then i would say the next biggest thing is when you're with them make the most out of it you know uh, we all have me and my siblings definitely have our differences we've definitely had our blown out fights before um <laughs> yeah. but you know just making the most of it um staying positive if there is a little tension that comes up um especially with when alcohol is involved late night you know kind of just late night lou yeah <laughs> yes late night lou is still alive and well um you know when things like that maybe just you know brush it under the rug and just you know be happy that you're together because you know sometimes you live halfway across the country from your family so you just get most of it speaking of lou <clears throat> Who's your dad? Your mom, Kathy, great woman. I, I think I saw a picture of her on your Instagram. I think she had maybe come to Dallas to visit you. What I want to know, and I think you had said in, the, in that caption that you were trying to revive your Instagram or you were trying to get your Instagram going or something like that. What I struggle with as a man is I feel like there's so far fewer like opportunities to post. A, a girl can post way many more things than a guy can. 
what is your social media strategy? Oh man, <laughs> that's a good question. It, um, it, it's it's tough. I, I because sometimes I go completely dark off social media. This stuff is stupid. It's toxic. People are trying to sell me things. No one cares about my opinion. I don't care about anyone else's opinion. Everyone beats each other down. But then other times I'm like, wait, I kind of have things to say that I want to get off my chest that I think people should hear, yada, yada. So it's always like this balance that I have. And I just, I feel like it's harder for guys to find their, their voice on social media than for girls. Yeah. So not to be too controversial, but my number one thing about social media is to never have a Facebook ever again, <laughs> because there are some, Oh, I deleted mine. Yeah. There's not a lot of great things going on with Facebook. Um, as far as Instagram goes, I kind of just, you know, I, I think I just take the moments I'm having the most fun and take a picture and then kind of put it on Instagram, I would say. Um, and just not worry about, you know, who's liking it or any of that crap. And just kind of, and I don't know, I think that's it. I mean, when I have really fun things planned, yeah, I like to probably take a picture of that and throw it up on Instagram. That's kind of my thing. I don't really know if that is what you're looking for as far as an answer, but that's kind of how I feel about it. As far as Twitter, I try to, I don't really tweet too much. I tweet about OU football and uh, that's about it. Um, I try to try to stay off some, some certain topics, but yeah, my social media strategy is kind of just eh, it is what it is like i don't look too much into it mm -hmm. but i don't i don't also don't completely ignore it i like catching up with people um you know it's always fun seeing friends that i haven't talked to in a long time like you post stuff and just see how you guys are doing so i really love that aspect of it so i think if more people like kind of just treated it like that i think it'd be better you're a happy-go-lucky kid these are trying times that we're in how do you stay positive so I think the first, the first month or two was actually for me, not, I thought it was kind of fun. I mean, I, I, I FaceTime, you know, a bunch of my friends from home. I hadn't talked to in a long time. We were playing internet poker. We were talking on Xbox, you know, I thought it was kind of fun. And then obviously that kind of faded away the longer we got in into Corona. So those, the middle kind of months, um, it was pretty hard. I mean, it was hard on everyone, especially people that lost their jobs and things like that. I'm, I'm super lucky to ha have mine. I was the last person that got hired before their, my company's hiring freeze started. So just being humble, thinking things like that kind of made me keep pushing along. Um, working out, obviously. Um, going for a run. I haven't done that lately. Um, I, I had a good routine there for a little bit, but you know me. I Sometimes that stuff kind of passes me. Um, so getting in a routine, I think I've mentioned that a couple of times now, but that's kind of what I do to get myself through, through these times. Um, just, I found myself one day just walking around Dallas, just like kind of looking around. I, when's the last time I had done that? Like I, I didn't, I wasn't looking at my phone. I was kind of just admiring the architecture of Dallas and just little things. Like, I think you, you just have to find other things to do. I mean, you don't ha always have to, be going to a restaurant to have fun. You can kind of just do random things that you haven't done in a long time. I went for a bike ride. I mean, I haven't done that since I was probably in middle school. So I think it's just kind of finding little things that you haven't done in a while that are, that are cool to that you think are cool or something like that. I love that. I absolutely love that. Um, circling back to the friends thing, I found that you know, like I, I've obviously made friends, you know, I made friends in college and I've made friends in Connecticut where I live now, but I kind of maintain that they're not the type, most cases, maybe like one or two friends 
they're just kind of people to hang around. They're not like long standing friendships like me and you have, or the friends, friends that we have from home. Um, you know, I'm talking to you right now. We haven't talked in three years. It feels like, you know, the good old days, right? Right. Um, have the friendships that you've made since leaving, you know, upstate New York in Oklahoma, in Texas, are they as strong as the ones that you have from home or are they just kind of like, you get what I'm saying? Because you grow up with these people, you see their ups, their downs, growing through stages of their lives, playing sports, big events. It's different with friends after high school or, or or outside of where you came from. I don't, I don't know if this is just a thing where we grew up because some of the people that I, I'm friends with like, through OU or just Dallas, like they don't have that relationship with their high school friends like that we did kind of. I don't know what I don't know what it is about where we grew up, but I completely agree with you. I mean, I think my closest friends are still my friends from home. I agree. Although I see them once, maybe twice a year. It's kind of the same thing like you just said. When I'm with them, it's like I've been living in upstate New York, you know, through college and you know, I see them every weekend. So I don't know what that is. Is it because we've known them longer? Or is it just because? You know what I think it is, honestly, like not to get grim, I think it's the the accident in 2012. I think that event brought everyone so much closer together. And I mean, I was very, I was very close to Deanna and I think you were somewhat close-ish with, with Chris maybe. Um, that event was just so shocking. That taught me a lot. I mean, I think about that often and I, all the lessons I've learned from it often. I think we just all went through this collective event, this tragedy together, and we got through it together. So I think that was it. And then I do think like our high school sports fandom and unity through that was kind of on another level as well. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. I mean, it's, it's terrible that things like that happen, um, but that is really what brings people closer together. Um, kind of similar situation. We actually had a friend from OU pass away um, in March of 2019. And that really brought our friend group, you know, way closer together than we ever had before. So it's obviously terrible that those things happen, but I think that does bring people closer together. And I do think you're right. I think um, the, the second thing you said about the sports, I think, you know, seeing all of each other, you know, in the stands on a Friday night, I don't, I don't know if everyone really had that experience. And yeah. Those two things combining together, I think is, yeah, I think you're probably spot on right there. At the very end of this conversation, we'll, we'll circle back to that. Cause I do have one thing on that. Uh, but I want to talk about the future. The future is always very exciting. Um, I, go, I don't know about you, but I think about the future all the time. I, I, it's funny because I always preach living in the moment and you know, I'm very zen-like and love yoga and meditation and live in the moment is a, is a big part of that. But I can't help but think about the future and my future, what it entails, where I'll be, what I'll be doing, who I'll be around. Uh, what do you think your future entails in terms of where you're going to be, what you're going to be doing? So it's, it's funny that you think like that. Cause I don't even know what I'm doing like three weeks in advance. I, I don't really, I try not to think about that too much. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Well, good. Where I'm I, jealous. I don't know where I got that from. Um, you know, like Dave, Math, like Dave Matthews, you know, we went to many concert. The, uh, the future is no, is no place to place your better days. I there wish you I- go. So I try to, I don't know. I, it's hard for me to say. Um, I probably see myself living in Texas for quite a while. I, I really like it here. Um, the weather is is more pleasant than back home, I would say. Maybe moving to North Carolina to be closer to my family, but 
that might be way down the road. Um, I really like the job I'm in right now. I love the industry. So hopefully just staying with this company, you know, working up the ladder, um, just working my tail off, having fun on the weekends. Um, unfortunately, that's probably the best answer I can give you. I, I'm sorry. I, I really don't. I try not to think about it. I don't know why. I just don't. Okay. Um, why is your family in North Carolina? I, I never figured that out. So Leah actually moved there on a whim. She just didn't really want to live in the cold anymore, even though it still gets kind of cold there. But that's that's another story. Um, she kind of just moved there with her just randomly uh, boyfriend, now husband. Um, yeah, they just picked a picked a spot. They we have like a second. We have some sort of family that are there. They don't really see each other, but that's kind of how they got to North Carolina. And then uh, my parents moved there, and then my other sister moved there. So that's kind of what brought them all together in North Carolina. What's it like being an uncle? Uncle Kev, could you imagine uncle like Kev. me being your your uncle? That's whew. luckily they don't have to see me too much because I would probably, you know, uh, through my actions probably teach them some bad things. <laughs> but it's good. It, it it's kind of funny watching like. I'm like you said, I'm pretty happy go lucky, like pretty relaxed, I, I I think. But when I'm with my nephews and like they're walking close to like a sharp edge, like I'm sprinting over there to try to stop them, like my my uncle instinct kicks in, I guess. Um it's been great. I've really enjoyed it. I uh, I do really wish I saw them more. Um my other sister's husband's name is Kevin as well. So I'm like the second Kevin. So that that's kind of unfortunate. Uh, I wish I was number one, Kevin, but um, joking, obviously. But yeah, no, it's been great. I really, I really have enjoyed being an uncle. I get all the good parts of having a kid, but when, you know, the bad parts, I can kind of just push off to my sister. So it's been awesome. All right. So let's fast forward like 10 years when these kids are older. What, what's Uncle Kev going to be like? So my uncle, my mom's brother, actually hosted me for a summer he lives in oklahoma city and i lived with him for a whole summer and i actually worked under him so i hope i can kind of be like that kind of uncle just like teach them a little bit about business or something like that maybe have them for a summer if i'm still around and they want to try to go to ou maybe i can kind of push to that and you know come up go visit them for uh the game days and things like that so i think i want to you know hopefully be an uncle that they don't mind um, telling them things they don't mind, you know, if they got in trouble, you know, call me and I have to drive to pick them up. I hope I can kind of be that kind of uncle. Is it seen as sacrilegious that you went to Oklahoma and are living in Texas? That's the thing I don't like to talk about too much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who would have thought? I the biggest OU fan ever, not really, but you know, um, and then living in Texas, you know, the enemy territory. Luckily, I will say Dallas is actually a tiny bit closer to Norman is than where University of Texas is. Um, Dallas is closer to Norman than Austin somehow. I don't really know how, but um, it's been, I see a lot of UT fans running around and I, I don't like them too much, but actually there are a lot of OU fans here too. So it's kind of, uh, it's been different. Um, I own a pair of cowboy boots now. I don't know if you knew, knew that. Uh, need a cowboy hat still. I'll be, I'll turn into full Texan. Um, finally shot a gun uh like a year ago i saw that. that now that's something i've been wanting wanting to do um i just feel like as a man that's just like a skill i should learn to have what is that like 
it was really cool. Uh, luckily, I, I went with friends that have been doing that their whole lives. You know, yeah. their dads taught them kind of rite of passage thing um, because it can get unsafe pretty sure. fast if you're not know what you're doing. So um, I would definitely, if you're going to do it, you know, make sure you're around safe people that know what they're doing because, you know, I would do something by accident and they'd be like, dude, don't ever do that again. You know, that could cause some problems, things like that. Um, so safety, number one, but number two, that's some of the most fun I've ever had. It was awesome. We were just, um, quick story. We went duck hunting and to do duck hunting, you pretty much sit in these things called blinds, which are just holes in the ground. And you sit in front of a pond and you hope ducks come. And if they do, you shoot them. So we were out there at four 30 in the morning, bundled up. Uh, it was like 20 degrees. It was, it was cold for Texas. And just kind of we saw the sunrise and we were just kind of talking about life and just hanging out. It was a really cool experience. We didn't, it was a bad day for birds. It was a good day for birds, bad day for us. We didn't get to shoot too many. Um, but it was awesome. Just kind of the camaraderie of it, I would say is the best part. Okay. Very good to know. Uh, Kevin, I'll get you out of here on this. So circling back to, uh, the Shen sports days, you know, we would, um, stand next to each other in the stands at football games or hockey games. And you always had this great chant. That was the highlight of, oh, man. of everyone's day. So oh, I'm wondering man. if you could relive that chant for us. Which one are you? Uh, I have two in my head. Which it's one are you talking the, about? The song. It's a famous song. Oh, <laughs> pop Molly, I'm sweating. Woo, pop Molly, I'm sweating. Woo, oh, I forgot about that. The hockey game. Yeah, yeah, that, that was. I thought you were talking about. My brain too. Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. That one's tattooed in my brain as well. I, I'll have to send you the Snapchat of the game day wake up too. <laughs> All right, KB, it is. Uh, it's been awesome catching up with you. I mean, everything I said at the beginning. Lifelong friend feels like you know haven't seen you in three years but feels like uh it's kindergarten with miss thorn all over again um i wish you the best of luck i wish your family the best of luck tell your girlfriend i don't know her but tell her i say hi um keep doing you man it's good to catch up with you troy thank you so much for having me on it's been great catching up um it just is a good reminder that i need to shoot you a text or give you a call every once in a while i really forget to do that um with some people that you know i've I've known for my whole life and this is always like a good reminder to do stuff like that. So, um, thank you so much for having me on. It's been great, great talking to you. I hope all is well to you. I didn't really get to ask you any questions, but uh, well, yeah, listen, we, we still got some time. It's my name on the show. You can ask me some questions. What's up. How's your family doing? How's everyone? How is everyone? My, my family's good. So my brother lives in Vermont, <clears throat> lives there okay. with his girlfriend. Uh, he's in sports radio. Mom and dad are at home uh in upstate new york just kind of living the the isolated life they're kind of at high risk so but my dad actually went out to arizona for the summer he played he left the newspaper industry right a couple years ago we're just kind of tired of it very volatile these days so he retired to to play music around you know playing his guitar at just random bars breweries no farmers markets in, in upstate new york area had like 200 gigs booked out for 2020 most of them then ended up getting canceled. So he's like, all right, I need to make some money. So he ends up going back to the newspaper industry just for a bit in Arizona. He'd always kind of wanted to live in Phoenix anyway. My dad loves the sun, loves tanning. So he goes out to Phoenix for a couple months, then like was kind of done with the job mentally, didn't want to do it anymore, made some money. And, and so now some gigs are picking back up, but that's what they're up to. 
Wow, that's that's really good to hear. Your brother's been in Vermont for quite some time now, right? Yeah, he's been there for uh, for like 40 years, I'd say. He actually did get laid off um, a couple months ago from the job that he was at, but he was only down and out for like two months. So he's uh, on another station at the, at the, um, the competitor of the station that fired him. So now he's good. trying to beat the other one that fired him. It's pretty funny. Yeah, there's unfortunately with everything going on, I, I know quite a bit of people that lost their job and I, I feel for them that's that's terrible but it's great that uh your brother found a new one and it's with a competitor that it might make him uh, work even harder yeah i know um all right kev thank you for uh for joining me and uh, again good luck with everything thanks for you too so that's this week's conversation with kevin Vinen, kb uh, I meant everything I said. Great friend, and I thought that was a really good conversation. We ended up talking for 45 minutes afterwards, just catching up, and um, I'm really glad that I get to do things like this, talking with people that I haven't talked to in a while, and I, I totally agree uh, with everything that Kevin and I said there um, with regards to friendship, and this was my favorite part of the conversation. I just feel a better connection to the people from home, um, and I think like I said, it is the accident. It was such a tragic, unifying event that we all got through together. We had, None of us had ever before experienced anything like that. And I think that played a huge part in the 518 fam, the 518 community being so close. I mean, I think that's a real thing. Um, and for example, like I can talk to a kid like Kevin. I can talk to Lindsay, Liana go years in between talking to them or seeing them and it just feels like uh, we're just catching up and that we see each other multiple times a year and that we know the ins and outs of each other's lives and like nothing ever changed and I think there's something really special about that and yeah I've also found like KB said that it's not like that everywhere and so I'm very grateful for that and I and I don't mean to be the guy like oh you know high school is so much better yada yada because no I don't believe that I just feel like those friendships are so much stronger than any friendship, again, outside of one or two that I've gained since then. I think uh, making friends as an adult is harder. I think making serious, like, lifelong friendships that you will keep forever post-college is really, really hard to find. It takes a really special person for that. So an interesting topic that I'm sure I'll I'll, uh, get into with other people I have on the pod, but uh, until then, that is this week's pod. I also had a breaking news podcast with Jake Hicks earlier this week. He's all over the place. He's got a new path in life. Super pumped for that. So uh, we just spoke for 15 minutes or so. So just uh, you can check that out if you want to get the latest update in his life. Uh, another update, Troy Farkas Show, now available on Apple Podcasts. I'm very excited about that. So Apple, Spotify, Google, those are the three main uh, places you can listen uh, the logo for the pod is just a little photo of me right now. I'll eventually get like a legit logo, but for now, uh, that's what it is. So you can listen on Apple, on Spotify, when you're driving to work, when you're out for a walk, when you're exercising, wherever. So, um, and then while on Apple, you can leave a review. That stuff is really fun. That really helps with, um, helping other people see podcasts and yada, yada. So all that good stuff. So you can, you can subscribe to it. So that hits your feed automatically. Um, you can review it. Let us know how we're, and again, I say us, like this is some big production. It's just me. Um, So thank you for listening. Thank you for the support and uh, have a great weekend.